Today we're revealing five secret habits destroying your life. This is the Overcoming PTSD podcast. My name's Kayleen, and I'm so excited to be here with you today. And this lovely man to my right, my co-host is... Brad Shipke, and I am super excited for this episode as always. And it's because these five habits were something that really secretly hiddenly, silently destroyed my life for a very long time, both of our lives. And it's something we see in lit- literally every single person that we've coached. We see these five habits show up again and again and again and again and again. So if you listen to this, you will be shaving years off of your life, just becoming aware of what these are. And we'll also be diving into some some very practical things that you can do to overcome them. So going to be a super awesome episode today. I'm super excited to dive in. Yeah, so we're going to save you years of pain. Like Brad said, we're going to just save you those all the time trying to figure out what these are, right? So like Brad said, these were secret in our life and it's really, really important that you become aware of them. Now, the good thing about these, there's five of them. They're not, once you become aware of them, once you understand what they are, you're going to be able to recognize them very easily in your own life. Mm -hmm. So they're not so hidden that we're going to say them and you're going to be like, what is that? I I don't quite understand. They're very, very simple to understand. So we'll jump in. Number one is self-sabotage, self-hatred, and not believing in yourself. And this is one that plagued me for, we'll just say most of my life because that's what it was most of my life and I cannot tell you how far this dragged me down into the depths of my mind and into the depths of PTSD and all the negative things that it did to me so this habit of self-sabotage of self-hatred what you're actually going to see with all these habits is that they lead into each other so there's there's a theme and they one kind of leads into another and you're going to see that they connect and all these things connect in a lot of different areas of your life but that's the number one one for a reason. If you, you know, hate yourself, if you spend the time to hate on yourself, if you spend the time to sabotage yourself, which we all do, we've all been there, mm-hmm. right? It's just going to drag you down exponentially. And like the the truth of the matter is you are the only person in your life that can save you. You are the only person in your life that can help you. No one is going to come, you know, riding in on a white horse with a cape and uh, like a... No prince is going to come. No prince is going to come. For all you people out there waiting for a prince, you have to be your own hero. And so when you spend time in this self-sabotage, in this self-hatred, what you're doing is you're just putting yourself further and further and further back from what you deserve in your life and what you want in your life. And it's a little counterintuitive, Mm -hmm. right? Because I know like for most of my life, I was like, I want to be happy. I want all these things. I want this future. I want this relationship. I want this family. And then I would constantly self-sabotage. I would constantly hate on myself. And I would pull myself further and further and further from that goal. Yeah. And, and like the thing that was coming up in my mind as you were saying that was like, why? Why do you self-sabotage? Why do we self-sabotage? And it usually comes down to these core beliefs that you believe that you're not worthy or that you're not deserving of whatever whatever you're going after, right? So when we say self-sabotage, what that really means is like, you're striving for something. You're striving to do something. You want to become someone different or you want to achieve something, but then you go after it for a while and then self-sabotage, right? You like you, you take destructive actions that prevent you from achieving that goal. And it's all you, right? It's you're sabotaging yourself. So it's some internal thing inside of you that's causing you to self-sabotage. And I know for me personally, it was this feeling of I'm not deserving, right? So a lot of times with when you've gone through a lot of trauma and you've experienced PTSD or you have PTSD, you don't believe you're deserving of these things because 
you've gone through so much pain and a lot of times that causes you to isolate and it causes you to withdraw and maybe like for example for me it was like I, I had a job in real estate I was a real estate agent and I just remember you know going into the office and my whole body just shaking out of fear not because I was in the office it's just like that was the natural state and being around people elevated that, that fear inside of me. And I just remember like holding that all in and I was just shaking and shaking and shaking. And my heart was just pounding the whole time. And I remember I was like sitting in this office and it was kind of, I, I don't know if you remember the office in the back. Um, Oh, oh no, wait, no, no. Which one? Which uh, one? At, it was a uh, Remax. The nice I remember one, that right? office. Yeah. So yeah. it was, it, but it was all basically like, like really thin glass windows. So even though like you were in a, um, I was like in an office room, like a little conference room. The glass windows were so thin that everybody could hear everything that was going on. And I apparently, I was like tapping my foot and like my finger like this or something. And I kept like taking these big, big deep breaths. And the uh, the front desk lady, uh, like, <laughs> didn't like yell up at me, but she was like, she called up to me and she's like, hey, Brad, is everything okay? It's like, you know, I hear you doing a lot of deep breaths up there. You know, my, my dad usually does that when, when he's really stressed out. And I'm like, and that's when I became aware of like, wow, I'm, I am super, super stressed right now. Um, but then I started to become aware of like how PTSD was affecting me and that other people were actually seeing that, you know, how it affected me. And I started to be really hard on myself and I started to feel like I wasn't good enough. And then also, um, that fear prevented me. I remember there were a few showings where I wanted to like see people and I didn't go because I was too scared to show up. Um, the fear was so much, the panic was so high that I didn't even show up to the appointment and that alone, it's like, you don't show up. And then that for me was a cycle where I, I didn't feel good enough. I felt like I failed. I felt like I let like everybody down and that eventually spiraled down further until I, um, you know, I missed this thing. I missed this thing. And I felt even worse about myself. I felt even more like a failure until like, I just, I mean, when you're a real estate agent, like you don't really get fired, but like, <laughs> you don't I was get welcomed. you don't get welcomed back. I was basically fired. <laughs> um, but I lost, I lost that job because I didn't believe I was worthy because PTSD prevented me from, um, doing those things. Um, so that's how it can kind of spiral out of control. And I want to let you guys know that it's not your fault. Like PTSD is not your fault. We always say it's not your fault, but it's your responsibility to heal. Um, so if you, if you have gone through so much, the way to dig yourself out of that self-sabotage is to realize, Hey, you've gone through a lot. Give yourself a little, a little bit of, you know, credit, a little bit of breathing room and be like, you're not a failure. You know, things aren't going to be this way forever. Um, and that's like starting with that self-talk is a really really easy way and very powerful way to start shifting those core beliefs, those underlying beliefs around just about yourself. Yeah. And you know, it's a really big topic, right? So everything we're talking about here, we're scratching the surface, but you have to start by scratching the surface. There's a lot of deeper stuff that's going on, but as like a blanket statement, and for those of you who need this the most, you're going to you're going to resist this the most, but you know, whatever it is that you're, you're beating yourself up over, it's not, it's not, the full reality. You know, it's, things are not your fault. 
you know, you're not a failure. You're not worthless. You're not a piece of garbage. You're not all those negative things that you say to yourself. It's not your fault that whatever it is happened, happened. You know, PTSD causes us to do certain things. Trauma is not your fault. You didn't, you know, stand up and raise your hand and was like, you know what? I'll stand next in line for some big old trauma. Um, sign me up. You know, none of that is your fault. You know, it sounds silly, but that's the reality. But it's, that's it's, the way we treat it, right? That's, that's the way, way we, we treat, treat it. You're like, yeah, you deserve this and you deserve to feel this pain because you're a piece of garbage. Like, that's just not true. <laughs> and it, like, I can laugh while I say that now because I'm, I'm so kind of far removed from that that mode of being, but I live like that for most of my life. And I, I just want you to hear that. I want you to hear that it's not your fault. And again, those of you that need this the most, you're going to resist that. And you're going to say, okay, that's not my situation. This X, Y, and Z is my fault. If I did X, Y, and Z different, things would be different. I want you to stop right now because if you continue doing that, you are going to wreck yourself. And I promise you that whether you believe it or not, whether you know it or not, there are people in your life that care deeply about you. Brad and I recently watched Rocky. Okay. (laughs) And in uh, Rocky one, is it Rocky one that we watched? Rocky two, the first one that we watched recently. I forget. Yeah. Rocky two. Rocky two. Yeah. Rocky two. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so you know he's having a conversation with his wife. Where they get married? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's he's having a conversation with his wife, and um, what was I talking about? I don't know. What was the wavelength that I was on? You were like on like self love. It's not your fault. Don't blame yourself. I used to, you know, say that. To oh, oh okay. So he he was having a conversation <laughs> with his wife, and uh, you know he had. In Rocky One, he had had this big fight. He got injured. The doctors told him, hey, listen, man, you have to retire. Don't fight again. If you fight again, you could go blind. Mm. And so he spends all his money that he won from that fight, just like spends it all. He buys a house, a nice car, nice watches, nice clothes, like spends it all, and then finds out his wife is pregnant, right? And now money isn't coming in because he's 20-something years old and retired (laughs) and (laughs) isn't doing anything else for work. Right. And so he tries a bunch of other odd jobs. He works at a meat house. He works at all these different places. And, uh, you know, he finally has this conversation with his wife, which is like, you know, he has this, this funny little voice. He goes, you know, yo, Adrian, like, I'm thinking about <laughs> fighting again. Right. And, and, and Adrian doesn't want him to fight because she doesn't want him to go blind. She cares about him and writes a brutal thing. He's boxing. And Adrian goes, like, Rocky, like, no, like, no we already talked about this. Like, I'll get a job. I don't, like, I don't want you to fight. And he goes like, yo, Adrian, like, but I'm feeling like a, like a failure. Right. And, and he, he goes on to talk about how he doesn't feel good enough. And Adrian says, in whose eyes, Rocky? Because from where I'm sitting, you are good enough. You're perfect the way that you are. That's not verbatim, but you know, it's, it's all our perspective. It's all going on in your head. And that's really, really important to understand. And I don't mean to invalidate the things that you're feeling, but I want you to know that there's other perspectives to look at. There's other things to take. And, uh, you know, one of the things I always tell people, and again, just scratching the surface here, is if you, you would never speak to anyone else in your life like that. You see a dog on the street, what do you do? You're like, oh, that's a good boy. There's a good dog. No matter what they've been through. You have no idea what that dog did, right? But you see that dog and you're just full of pure love. Okay, there are people out there that look at you like that. And I want you to look at yourself like that because it doesn't matter what happened in your past. What matters is what you do now and what you do moving forward. And again, just scratching the surface there, but I just wanted to kind of bring that into into the conversation. So that's number one. Yeah. Well, I want to say one last thing. Look at yourself from that perspective, right? Like you would like look at a dog, right? So look at yourself from that perspective. Like how would you, how would you see someone 
Or how would you treat a dog who was, went through the same thing, right? That's a that's a funny example, but um, no, that's still a rings true. Example. Still rings true. Um, or how, how would you treat someone you love if they went through the exact same thing? And that just, if you really sit, take the time to reflect on that, that gives you perspective. And the last thing I want to say is that you do, no matter what you did, did you deserve forgiveness from you. And at the end of the day, that's, that's, that's what you deserve. You know, when you're beating yourself up, you need to work on forgiving yourself and learning that you actually deserve that forgiveness. So that was And I want to say one more thing. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> how it goes. Unfortunately, we do have a time limit on this podcast, but I do want to say one more thing in regards to point one, and then we'll move on. If you are feeling guilt, you're a good person, <laughs> okay? <laughs> and it's a funny concept, and it's silly, and it's really straightforward. That's true. But if you're feeling guilt, you're a good person, right? And that guilt is saying like, oh, you're a piece of garbage, and here's why. And that's not true. Like evil people don't feel guilt. They feel great about themselves. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you can acknowledge that you are a good person and you want to do better. Just the fact that you feel that and you're allowed to let that go. And again, there's a bigger process. There's, there's bigger things going on at play and we deal with them on the full recovery journey. But I wanted to scratch the surface on just a few of those things. So you can start mm-hmm. to kind of chew on them and think about them. Yeah. So that was habit one. Um, That is secretly destroying your life. Habit two is, Kayleen? Lying to yourself and making excuses. Now, lying to yourself goes along this line because here's what I'm going to say. And I love the term um, Goldilocks. For those of you who don't know Goldilocks, Goldilocks breaks into the home of bears and sleeps in their bed, eats their porridge, all these different things. Mm. But Goldilocks wants things perfect. That's the moral of the story. Wants things just right. This porridge is too hot. This is too cold. This is just right. This bed's too hard. This bed's too soft. This is just right. Okay. And so we want some Goldilocks self-talk here. Now, ideally we want something a little bit different, but for right now we want Goldilocks self-talk, which is just right. It's truth. It's reality. And so when I say lying to yourself, I mean one of two things. I mean, you're lying to yourself and saying, yep, everything's fine. I feel fine when you don't and saying, yeah, like I'm, I'm, everything's good and I'm doing good and I'm trying really hard when you're not. And when you're saying, you know, I'm a piece of garbage and I deserve the worst things in life when you don't. Okay. Both of those things too hard and too soft are Mm. lying to yourself. So I want you to kind of develop this, this honesty with yourself. What is the reality? What is the truth? The objective truth. Okay. And so going back to like, how would you speak to your dog? How would you speak to, you know, your best friend, your partner, someone that you love, love deeply? You wouldn't, say those same things that you say to yourself to them. You would not say that to a dog. You would probably wouldn't say that to a stranger on the street. And so start talking to yourself like that. You want that honesty. And that honesty is Goldilocks. It's a straight down the middle type of a situation. And that's really important to understand. Too hard and too soft. Mm-hmm. Okay, you want to be straightforward with yourself. Yeah. You want to be real with yourself. And these first two things are all about what's going on inside your head, right? You know, it's these two first two habits are habits of your mind, habits of your thought patterns, right? So the very first step is to become aware of what's going on in your head um, and the thoughts that are, that, that are constantly occurring. And then from there, that's when you want to bring in the objective truth. You want to, because you can't, you can't change your thoughts or like think about the objective truth if you're not consciously trying to become aware of the things that you're thinking. And it seems honestly stupid, right? It's like, how do you not know what you're thinking? But like, Every single person goes through this transformation of like, oh no, I know, I know everything, whatever, blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, we teach them a few things on to help them, you know, become aware of what they're actually thinking. And they're like blown away at all the things that they say to themselves. So you really need to start 
working on becoming aware of the thoughts in your head um, to really start um, dismantling these bad habits. But one thing that I, I wanted to start with the awareness, you need to get aware, become aware of the thoughts. And then something to ask yourself is, is this true? Is this true? Is this the objective truth? You know, when you become aware of a negative thought, is this true? If you surveyed a hundred people, would that be true? Okay. Survey says <laughs> probably not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, that could be a fun question to ask yourself. If I surveyed a hundred people on this situation, would they all say the same thing that I'm saying to myself? That's what you want. Because what you're going to get when you have a sample size like that is you're going to get the truth. You're going to get the truth. And that's really important. Again, not too hard, not too soft. Yeah. Is it 100% guaranteed that what you're thinking is true? Because there, there'll probably be a part of you that's like, yeah, that's true. I am a piece of crap. <laughs> that's why I wanted to bring the survey in. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> if you surveyed 100 people and we were included. Okay. And so that kind of bleeds into the next point, yeah. which is all this about. One's, this one's super good for, for you guys who, oh, actually for everybody. For everybody, like when Kayleen brought this to my life, it like blew my mind and really changed my whole perspective around this kind of common, commonly misheld concept or misunderstood concept. So you're going to love this. I could do a whole podcast on this, to be honest with you. We will do a whole podcast on it because it's that good. So number three is the wrong kind of self-care. Okay. Right. So now point number two was what? Lying to yourself, right? That means too hard, too soft. The wrong kind of (sighs) (laughs) self-care. Here she goes. Deep breath. (laughs) Deep breath. Here we go. Um, The world that we live in and the framework that we've built for self-care from my perspective is, is not the truth, is not what's best for you. So I define self-care differently than how you might expect to hear it. Okay. So I'm going to give you my definition. My definition of self-care is doing what's best for you long-term and short-term, regardless of the consequences. Okay. Regardless of how you feel about it. So listen to this, getting up and making yourself go to the gym to work out is self-care. Even when you don't want to, Okay, even when you're exhausted, that's self-care. Uh, taking a bubble bath is also self-care. Binging TV, not self-care. Binging food, not self-care. Okay, taking yourself out to eat at a nice restaurant by yourself, self-care. Um, every now and then treating yourself with, you know, something little sweet or reward, self-care. Scrolling on Netflix and taking a day off of work to do that, not self-care. Okay, and so what we're kind of looking for there is, uh, is what you're doing best for you. Okay, so I know a lot of people that will say like, oh, I'm taking a, uh, taking a personal day, I'm taking a self-care day and watch TV all day, okay? And in my perspective and from my point of view, that's not self-care because it's not what's best for you long-term. It's not gonna make you feel good. It's not going to better you. And not everything has to be about this tremendous amount of growth, but you do wanna better yourself. Taking time to read is self-care. Getting up a little bit early to take care of yourself is self-care, Okay, doing just whatever the heck you want because you feel like it is not necessarily self-care. And that's that's the definition. If you like if you go out there nowadays, that's what you hear. Just like do whatever again, you want. Again and again and again. Do whatever you want. And when I first heard it, I was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna try out this self-care thing and whatever. And no. <laughs> Kayleen blew my mind on that. I mean uh, it's 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 it funny because it's like, so true. It like rings true. It's like Obviously, that's not self-care. Obviously, binging Netflix and eating a bunch of junk food is not self-care. It's not taking care of yourself. 
It's, it's not literally just by it's very obvious. not taking care of yourself, <laughs> right? It's but we, we kind of live in this world where it's like, yep, take care of yourself. Like order pizza every single night. Don't worry about the budget. Don't worry about your body. Don't worry about how it makes you feel and what it's going to do to you long term. Okay. And it's not that you can never have pizza. It's not that you can never no, have it, ice cream. Yeah, that's not the it's point. not that you can never watch a movie. That's not the point. The point is to do what is best for you, regardless of how you feel about it. Okay. And sometimes that's a freaking bubble bath. Okay. And then sometimes it's making yourself sit down to read. Okay. Or taking a deep breath and doing some recovery toolbox skills. Okay. Or going for a walk or having a difficult conversation or working out when you don't want to. Okay. So it's all of those things. So it's really important because that will, that will sabotage you and it'll keep you stuck in a cycle over and over and over again in this negative self-care cycle. Okay. And so at the end Mm -hmm. of the episode today, we're going to share something free with you, a free resource with you to help you kind of shift even more from that self-care. So you can go from those, what we'll call like negative self-care activities to more positive self-care activities. And that's really important. It's going to be a big thing. Most people don't know, like when we say, (laughs) because it can be so ingrained to have these bad habits of like negative self-care, right? Which most of the world calls just self-care. Um, and then like, you're like, okay, I get it. I get it. Kayleen and Brad, like, okay, that is actually negative. I understand it, but what do I do? Yeah. What do I do instead? So so that's what we're going to share at the end. Um, it's going to be freaking awesome. Um, I did have something else. Oh, for anybody out there who has a significant other, I did this, surprise scavenger hunt for Kayleen yesterday because mm-hmm. she brought bubble baths. She loves ba- bubble baths. And what I did was I, um, just, w- I just like went to Walmart and I picked up like these little containers four four different like plastic baskets. And I filled one, each one with, um, a bath bomb, filled another one with a bath bomb, bubble bath and a big, like shower like pillow thing. Um, Another one with a bath bomb. Another one with dinner that we're going to have dinner that night, uh-huh. last night. And another one with a bath bomb kit. So a it was a scavenger hunt. So I left little notes on each each little different one. So Valentine's Day is coming up. Just giving you guys a little bit of a, you know. A heads up. That's a good, that's a, it was, that was a good self-care one. There right? you go. And I, and I am planning on taking a bubble bath tonight. So there's nothing <laughs> wrong with that. You just don't, maybe don't want a bubble bath all day, all the time. Okay. <laughs> so just, just have some patience in your bubble baths. But that was an excellent thing. Yes. Thank you. Again You're welcome. That. that was awesome. Got to get the, you know, I got to soak it all up. <laughs> soak it all up. Yeah. He's, he's now he's trying to get it public. Pun intended. <laughs> okay. So that was number three. Number four here, right? Pushing things off until tomorrow. So you can again see how these go into each other, how these lead into each other, how these are all connected. Pushing things off for tomorrow that you should do today, okay, is not necessarily a great strategy. Mm-hmm. Also, not going to fall into our definition typically of self-care. Now, there are things that are, that's a tomorrow thing, okay? I don't want you to worry about a presentation that you have, worry about work that you have to do when it truly is a tomorrow thing. And you can just be here right now with your partner doing whatever the thing is that you're doing. I'm talking about, yeah, I'll start healing tomorrow. I'll start exercising tomorrow. You're not going to be any more motivated tomorrow. I'm going to tell you that right now. Okay. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Tomorrow never comes. Okay. And usually I share a story about, I was in Ireland when I was 18. I was 18, a little bit stupid. And I was in Ireland (laughs) with my family and we're at this bar and there's a sign behind the bar that said free beer tomorrow. So I'm 18. I had a couple of Guinness and I'm only like 115 pounds. (laughs) So a couple of Guinness went a long way. I asked the bartender, I was like free beer tomorrow. And he's like, yep. And I went back tomorrow and I was like, free beer? And he was like, yep, free beer tomorrow. And I was like, 
dang it. Okay, so that's a lesson I actually had to learn. But pushing things off till tomorrow is it's not good self care. Okay, it's and I kind of think of it this way: is you're disrespecting your future self. Yeah, that's what you're doing. You're disrespecting your future self. And I, I heard a funny thing uh, earlier this year, or at the end of last year, about Christmas decorations. You know, and someone had posted online like. I am utterly appalled at the disrespect my past self oh. had for me by the way I put these Christmas decorations away, right? Because they were just a mess. They're just thrown in. They're tangled. The lights were tangled. <laughs> and like, it's funny, but it's also really it's true. true. It's really so true. true. Okay. And so you're still going to be you tomorrow. I want you to respect that, that you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You don't want to make more work for yourself tomorrow. You don't want to push things off because tomorrow never comes. I love that. You're just, you're disrespecting your future self. You're disrespecting yourself. So I love that. I think that's, I think that's freaking awesome. Yeah. Um, I wanted to say one thing that usually happens when you, when you go through a lot of trauma, at least this would happen with me. Actually, <laughs> I know this happens with nearly everybody because nearly everybody in our recovery program, Broken to Unbreakable, suffers with this when they first start, which is like overwhelm and pressuring themselves so much to the point where they're paralyzed and they can't do anything, right? And that's a big reason why you probably push things off for the next day because you pressure yourself so much to be perfect or you're you like blow things out of proportion so much. And that's like a big part of that is a side effect of trauma and PTSD. But a lot of times, like just a lot of times we're not aware of it about around how much we're, we are putting pressure on ourselves. And there are some things that you can do to relieve that pressure. One is knowing that nobody's perfect. And something that I learned from Tony Robbins is that, when I actually was lucky enough to see him last uh, September, uh, which was awesome. But he said, perfection is the lowest standard you can hold for yourself because it's not even true. Like it's impossible to reach perfection. So if you're holding perfection as your standard, it's the lowest, um, what is it? The lowest standard standard. that you can hold for yourself Um, because you won't do, you can't like, you won't do anything, (laughs) you know? And that's like most of the time we, uh, we wait until something to be perfect before we move on and before we do anything. So remove all the pressure, tell yourself, I just need to take relaxed action. It doesn't matter how long this takes. I'm just going to keep working and being relaxed. You know, a big mindset shift for me was like knowing that I could take action and not be pressured. I could take action and be relaxed and be calm and you say can it. get stuff done. Say the line and be relaxed. What's the line? Say it. Relaxed action. Relaxed action. I did say that. I said it before. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I missed that. But you meant, you, do you mean in the way that I, I meant like say? say it in the line, right? And so this was something that was really helpful for us mm. is, you know, going through the day and saying, Brad brought this into my life, just saying like in your head, just like relaxed action, no pressure, no stress, mm. no perfection, relaxed action. Just going to keep on taking action and I'm just going to chill about it. Okay. And you're going to get so, so much, much done. Yeah. So much so. done. So our fifth and final point here today is running from pain. Okay. And so what I have written down is negative coping, right? So running and numbing. So you feel pain, you have an issue with your partner and you go binge Netflix or you go binge. Now there's all these different subscriptions, right? HBO (laughs) or Peacock or whatever that, whatever you have, Disney plus, or you go on an alcohol binge or you go do drugs or you go, um, what what are other things people do? Watch pornography, eat, spend, Okay, all of these things are running and numbing. Okay, so running from pain is, and this is the one probably that seems the most obvious, it's gonna wreck your life. In one way or another, it could be physically, it's definitely gonna have an emotional toll. Uh, It could be your relationships, it could be financially. 
Self-respect. Self-respect. Okay. And so what we want you to encourage you to do is the hard thing, which is facing the pain. Because I have to tell you, and I'm going to be honest with you, facing the pain is going to be so much easier in the long run than running from it. Because mm-hmm. you just you just trickle it out, right? You're like Hansel and Gretel, and you leave breadcrumbs for your pain forever, okay? And it's just the size of a cookie, but you know how many breadcrumbs can come off of a cookie? Infinite amounts. So you drag it out for days, weeks, months, years, instead of facing it, okay? And eating the cookie in this description, okay? So running from your pain will wreck your life. Again, that's kind of the obvious one, but then the question becomes, okay, so what do I do instead? Okay, so running from pain, coping. Coping and healing are two different things, but there's negative coping and there's positive coping. So if you're negative coping and you're doing TV and drugs and alcohol and all these different things, what we want to shift you to is positive coping, okay? Because there's a time and place for coping on the healing journey and it is really important, which leads me to a really exciting announcement and our free gift for you today. Mm -hmm. I just released a book all about coping. It's called The Art of Trauma Relief and it's about nine powerful tools to get you relief from your PTSD. So you can shift from that negative coping running and numbing coping of drugs, alcohol, TV, pornography, food, whatever your mm-hmm. thing is, to, okay, we're going to do these recovery tools. It's going to lessen the amount of time that you're in that elevated state, that you're doing that kind of running away because you're going to be facing it, you're going to be quelling it, and you're going to reduce the damage that you do in your life a hundredfold. Okay, so you're going to go from dragging it out from days, weeks, months to doing something about it. Some of the tools in this book, I'm not even kidding you, will give you relief in under 60 seconds. They're that powerful. Actually. Okay, there's one tool in the book that I get feedback from all the time, and I'll just be straight up with you. This rocked my world when I first started getting this feedback. It's a tool about sleep optimization. Okay, people do it. They read it, or depending on how they consume that piece of content, they get back to me. They say, okay, I used to have nightmares. I used to have sleep paralysis. I used to have night terrors. And they never have them again after they do that tool. Okay, that, that rocked my world. Okay, that, that was not what the book was built for, but that's the benefit of knowing these skills. So you take the damage from 100 level damage to one, right? It's gonna be some damage, some discomfort. And then you do the, the right thing. You don't run, you mm-hmm. face it, you do a tool, okay? And then you can live your life and it won't destroy the rest of your life. Yeah, and that's how you start building the habit of actual self-care, like we were talking about, like actual real, what's best for you self-care. And when I said before, it's like most of the time, it's like when when you go to run or numb, you're like, you're in this elevative, elevated stressful state. And most of the time you don't know what else to do. You don't have another option or you, you think you don't have another option. So you just go for the easiest route, which is the addictive or short-term gratification numbing substance, right? But this book, what we want to teach you, what we want to give you is an alternate route, something that's that's so simple that works so effectively. And the crazy thing is that, you know, we're the reason why we wrote it in the first place was because we wanted to get this information out there. There's nothing else that exists out there. I'm sure you guys have read books and books and books on PTSD and like getting to the end of it and being like, okay, now what do I do? Because there's no actionable pieces to it. And we really wanted to put something out there to really help people um, and really show them an action plan on how to actually get relief. So this isn't just some theory. It isn't just some life story of Kayleen. And I go beyond It's that. actionable. 
And I go beyond that. So it's packed with action. I teach you the tools and I go beyond that. For those of you who know me, you know I always go above and beyond. So <laughs> we teach the tools, right? And then beyond, I teach you what we call the blueprint to recovery. So basically what to do once you have the coping skills. So if you want that free book, go to overcomingptsd.com slash free book and you'll get your free book. All you have to do is pay for shipping. We already bought the book. So that's all you have to do. But that's what we have for you today. We love you. We believe in you at the highest level and we will see you next time. I'll see you later. Bye-bye.